Ukraine went to the polls. But how is it possible to hold legitimate elections during times of turmoil? The crisis-ridden country held local elections on October 25, 2015. And to come straight to the point, three parties won most seats. Petra Poroshenko's center-right bloc Solidarity, center-left party Fatherland and the regional-oriented party Our Land made it into the local parliaments. To monitor the elections, more than 1,500 international observers were listed. Amongst them names like the OSCE and SILVA, a Danish NGO that promotes democracy focusing on Eastern Europe. Human rights activist Stefan Jensen joined the group to evaluate the Ukrainian local elections. Hier ist das Erste Deutsche Fernsehen mit der Tagesschau. Our job was to um, make sure that they're following OSCE standards. Uh, so that means they have a long list of elections are supposed to be handled this way. So we would take a note if, for instance, the secrecy of the vote is not adhered to. So uh, do the ballot boxes actually have curtains or a door or whatever, some way of ensuring that no one else is looking at what you are voting? This is very basic, but there are then a lot of these different rules. And we are, of course, trained in how to um, check this specifically. You were specifically trained how to check curtains? <laughs> yeah, we would. Uh, there were actually a lot of places where the curtains didn't cover properly. Mm -hmm. um, and one of the ways they would solve this is then they would have a guy standing there next to all the um, voting booths, making sure okay no one is looking in. Uh, th this is this is one way they would then handle like these uh, uh, problems with not having uh, materials that exactly fit their their purpose. Well, we were there. The first place we went to, we went very early in the morning to watch the opening procedures, and you see them taking out the ballots uh, and we actually uh, filmed also just in case there were anything we would have video proof of that um, and you have a checklist say okay um, are there people observing is it possible for us to see them actually handling the ballots is the number of ballots uh, correct um, are there any people at the polling stations who are not supposed to be there um, we were also uh, supposed to ask uh, military and cops, for instance, if they were there, uh, who had invited them there. Mm. Because you, didn't, you don't want um, these kind of yeah, powers in society showing up and either uh, yeah, be, being a part of actual fraud or just uh, intimidating people. So we would also look at uh, how is the uh, general atmosphere at the election. Are people tense and nervous when they're going there? So during the day, we visited eight uh, polling stations. It went really well, all the places we visited, except for the last one, which was m the most uh, chaotic. And the reason we went there is because there's no, no rules to saying you have to be here, here and here, because then if that is leaked somehow, or they somehow get a hold of these observer lists, these people are going to be here, they, it will make it easy to cheat. And the, the last, place we went to was by far the most chaotic, which was weird considering it was also on a live television for, for quite a bit of the time. It was the place where Poroshenko cast his vote and 
the polling it, it had so many problems of like a procedural character the polling station chief um, had switched up his keys to start out uh, and meaning that it opened half an hour late oh, no. uh, and then there were problems with the broken seals on the ballot boxes though it wasn't of a fraudulent nature as far as we were able to ascertain mm. it was just that um, th this was this has happened and then they found ways to kind of resolve that, like they'd get a piece of paper and have all the polling station officials sign it and then uh, use that as a seal on the ballot box. So everyone involved were like, okay, this broke now, please everyone get over here. So you can see no one is putting anything extra in this ballot box and then sign this. It was problems like this. And again, there's a lot of this bureaucracy. And when we got to closing, that amounted to also us spending at least three hours there that we didn't need to because of problems in uh, counting how many ballots actually were there. Mm. Each political party also sends observers to the places, but of course they are by nature biased. So we spent 10 hours actually in that polling station, wow. uh, watching them do their thing and observing and taking notes. Besides those bureaucratic obstacles, the conflict influenced the elections and Poroshenko introduced a new police force. Um, we were in Kiev which is of course the um, the major city in Ukraine and it, it things were very peaceful also the city functions uh, very very well and while everything we hear in the news is of course about the conflict I would say that the conflict influences it's only actually 7% of uh, Ukrainian territory that is involved in the conflict like that is occupied so the war has a, a definite influence. There was a lot of changes in the country. So they were, for instance, for example, very happy about the police force because pretty much all the police had been um, switched out. They decided, okay, we're done with all this uh, corrupt police and we're going to train new ones in the space of six months, if I remember correctly. Uh, the new police force won't beat you or take your money uh, and this is, this was like a success criteria to but it's a successful story because it proves that the country can actually be changed in a relatively short amount of time. The ongoing conflict complicated the process and led to the fact that the eastern regions of Luhansk and Donetsk and the Crimea Peninsula did not participate in the voting. However, the safety of the observers was granted because of an interesting PR trick. I wasn't too worried, I must say, because not only was I not going to be in the areas where shooting was actually occurring, uh, I was also going as an election observer in an official capacity. I, you uh, send off some forms to receive accreditation and you don't shoot election observers generally because I, it makes for very, very bad PR. <laughs> Indeed. Rule number one, don't shoot the observer. Stefan spent some eight days in the country. Did the people accept you guys observing the elections or did you encounter difficulties? Um, no, I, I didn't um, because you're, I am in my uh, 20s and when you wear some decent clothes, there was actually a dress code, like don't look like you're on, on uh, yeah, a beach holiday somewhere and don't look like a photo model. But, and, but when you, you do that and you actually have um, accreditation, you kind of fall into the role you're supposed to play and then they also accept that. Uh, and I'll say, you're there in an observer capacity. You don't tell anyone what to do. No one in Ukraine, when we went around to the different polling stations, like questioned why we were there. 
because everyone knows that there is a lot of corruption in the country yeah. and that election fraud is going to be present in some form or another. Mm. Uh, so we didn't uh, feel, feel unwelcome in any way. Um, they, they were very, uh, as I said, keen on showing that they were actually doing this properly. Mm. From what I've been told, that's not necessarily the same in other countries. Um, Poland, for example, which has a more um, established uh, history of uh, democratic elections, uh, the observers there didn't feel nearly as welcome. Um, but the, what, from what I witnessed personally, I didn't see any uh, election fraud. I did, however, witness uh, quite a deal of uh, uh, incompetence and confusion. Mm, confusion? In which way? They weren't sure exactly how things were to be handled in the laws. And that's not all on the PSOs, the people uh, handling the elections, mm. because there is kind of now a tradition for them changing the election laws with, um, quite soon before the elections. So three months before, they had changed up the laws and this whole system and all the people involved had to adjust to that. Amongst those law changes are the election thresholds, which have been risen from 3 to 5% and other regulations. But even with those new rules in place, Stefan's colleagues witnessed some election frauds here and there. He told me that the police, for example, tried to buy votes. Still, some democratic progress has been made. Some did see candidates going to polling places and trying to like, yeah, influence, okay, if things should be different here, or just showing a face for as long as possible and influence the vote in this way. And that's of course not okay, yeah. but they no longer stand outside the, the candidates and for instance, hand out food to people. And this was also uh, something very common earlier. Uh, Ukraine is uh, very corrupt still, and the oligarchs plays a huge part in their economy and in their politics, which is kind of the definition of being an oligarch. They do run the country to some extent, and they definitely own all the TV news channels. Each oligarch has kind of their candidate, their person they're supporting, if they're not themselves a candidate. Mm. And that shows in them then using their um, channels to promote them. Right. After you spoke to the people and checked all the curtains, what did you do with the gathered information? Uh, so we, we focused uh, big picture when it came to writing the reports. So one case of um, some people trying to buy votes isn't going to uh, skew the entire re election results, right? Mm. So, so it can still be good, even though there are some spectacular cases of uh, fraud. Um, but when you have these reports, it's the only way to go about it. Um, Because if you uh, say, oh, there was this problem, now everything is invalid, it's going to be pretty much impossible for these concerns to transition into a well-functioning democracy. On the other hand, if fraud is allowed to uh, take place and then you don't acknowledge it in your report, then you're legit legitimizing um, some um, yeah, election results that are not actually legitimate. And that's, of course, even worse than not being there at all. Yeah. Power is very, very centralized in Ukraine. And this is aiming to change that. This is something um, now they will be able to better handle affairs in their local areas. A lot of us being there, um, believe the most important part was also being seen. So they didn't feel no one cares about us. No one cares that we're actually trying to do this. Uh, that also has a real point to it, I believe. Yeah. Thanks, Stefan. Hans Liedke for Planet Mondos.